Welcome to Season 3 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist, neuroimmune, and genomic specialist. With Dr. Stewart's broad medical knowledge, we will discuss how he helps his patients. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your cup of coffee, your favorite beverage, and let's have Season 3 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Season 3 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and like I said, we are on Season 3. We're on Episode 3, and today we have a very cool topic. Get a lot of questions. Surgery. Surgery, Mm. everybody, well, most everybody, if you're lucky, you won't have to have it at one point in your life, but most of the time, people are going to have surgery one time or two or three in their life. And they need to know how to prepare and how to recover. So here we're here with Dr. Stewart. Hi, Dr. Stewart. Hi, Kara. How are you? How are you liking the weather? Oh, it's awesome. Isn't it awesome? You know, fall's my favorite. I know. I woke up this morning. It's like 55. I was like, brr. Yeah. <laughs> That's cold in Texas, yeah. right? How'd you come too early? You had a jacket on. I was like, gosh, it must be really cold where you are in Dripping mm-hmm. Springs. Yep. Yeah, sure it's much colder. Up Feels there. good, huh? Yep. Well, this is kind of your background. You are mm-hmm. a surgeon. Sure. You don't do surgery anymore by lifestyle choice. Right. But I have a couple quick facts. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. You know, surgeons, um, it's a hard job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. It's a hard job. Ten mm-hmm. years on average of schooling before a, a surgeon gets a full time job. That's correct. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that? Just well, you do medical school and then you do internship and residency and you practice and practice almost all surgical subspecialties are at least four years of residency yeah it was some interesting facts and then also on the facts too is the safety you know there was a study from john hopkins school of medicine that over 250,000 deaths per year in the united states alone during Mm. surgery which is very scary that kind of surprises me yeah and then also the unnecessary surgery cost in america seven billion dollars a year that doesn't surprise me on surgeries that's the medical statistics those Mm -hmm. are my little fun facts that i like to throw out there but no one wants to really go under the knife so we spend a great deal of time preparing for wedding an exam a business meeting an athletic event but we don't really prepare for surgery sure you know so tell us a little bit what would be the key points that you would tell your patient before going into surgery well first of all um just to back up from a little common sense, always always remember you need to get a couple of opinions on surgery. Ah, okay? good point. Even if you trust your doctor, and that'll keep you from having unnecessary surgery. Mm-hmm. We are kind of learning now that, um, well, when you're a surgeon, a lot of people make their living being surgeons. Yep. So they're looking for surgery. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that's most most physicians, but mm-hmm. you got to be careful of that. So always seek a second opinion for okay. that. Okay, good, good point. Now, the biggest problem that I think is a surgeon's problem is that they never think about preparing their patient for surgery. Okay. Did you back like 12 years ago? You know, I was kind of into that actually because I kind the of diet I started things. recognizing all these types of things. You know, I've always been into nutrition. But why one patient recovered quicker? Correct. And so what really is important, um, if I had my druthers now the way we do it now, mm-hmm. um, meaning the way we what, we, what tools we had back then, I probably would... Um, recommend a completely different protocol now than I would have uh, 15 years well, ago. Well, yeah, I, I would think. Now, the problem is uh, most surgeons, all they think about is the surgery, and they don't think about outcomes necessarily in, in reference to pre-surgical care. Okay. Um, a lot of people take care of themselves, especially in Austin, but a lot of people don't take care of themselves. Yeah. 
And, you know, obviously what you want is the best outcome from your surgery, and that has to do with healing. That has to do not a whole lot necessarily with the technique of the surgeon Mm -hmm. because a lot of the surgery is pretty straightforward if you know what you're doing. Okay. There's always risk to surgery. Yeah. Always risk that things won't go as planned. But the long and the short of it is what's important is how you actually recover from the surgery, how you recover, get back to your life, and what kind of results you get. Well, the one thing, so we're talking about pre-surgery right now. And mm-hmm. so the one thing is it, I've had several surgeries, back sure. fusion, neck fusion. I've had quite a few, but a, a lot of people get nervous before surgery. Yeah, so, so you don't eat you. well or you eat too much. Well, let me ask you, what did your surgeon say about preparing for the surgery? Actually, it was an assistant that just told me to hydrate and hydrate eat well. and don't take Advil <laughs> and don't take aspirin. Why? And we'll see you the morning of It was surgery. about three days prior to my surgery. Right. So I wish someone had told me about a month prior, maybe. Well, and sometimes we could actually, and hopefully we'll convince the surgeons that waiting a couple of weeks to prepare you may actually have a better outcome for you. Unless it has to be emergency surgery. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's completely given. But, you know, I would say probably... Uh, Two to eight, three weeks? 80% of surgeries are not emergency. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they're elective. Right. So when elective surgeries, obviously, my bias now would be, hopefully you would have a genetic test for nutrition. Okay. So that we know exactly where your weaknesses are in healing. Because remember, what nutrigenomics is about is preparing the body and making it the perfect um, state for healing and recovery. Okay. Okay. No matter if you're dealing with a neurological condition, um, a sickness, but certainly in a surgery, because what surgery is going to do is it's not only going to damage you, it's going to create a tremendous amount of inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that inflammation has to be resolved. So remember, there's only three rules to healing yep. and health. There's only three rules. Inflammation controls number one. Mm-hmm. And the problem with surgery is it always creates inflammation. Okay. Now, the problem with inflammation in one area is it actually literally creates inflammation throughout the whole body because we release these chemicals called cytokines. Okay. And those are chemical messengers to tell your immune system to get on high alert. Okay. So if you see people who essentially don't handle inflammation well, they'll get a surgery and nine to 12 months later, they still feel like crap. Or they have just terrible after effects. That's correct, because they had a significant uh, triggering event of inflammation and they had no way to resolve it. Gotcha, okay. Make sense? So we want inflammation control, we want methylation, we want mitochondrial. Okay, okay? And energy. mitochondrial have got to have energy. Methylation, remember, is the delivery of nutritional elements to cells, in particular B12 and folic acid, that drive all kinds of important... We're talking about methyl... to get it to methylfolate. Methylfolate, methyl B12. And so you really want to know that you're putting the right nutrition in to get the right outcome. Okay. Okay? And you also want to strengthen your mitochondria, because surgery takes a lot out of you. I don't know anybody that feels good after surgery. Not me. I feel terrible. (laughs) But I've been better the last surgery, because I'm healthier. Now, here's where it's more important. Okay. You're getting uh, surgery, you're taking anesthesia that is essentially... Well, that's what we're going to talk about. So (laughs) So what you really want to know... Pharmaco. Well, not necessarily. Pharmaco is important, too, but also... You want to know how good you clear chemical toxins. Yeah. Because those are That's where the nutrigenomics comes in for glutathione. So a lot of my patients now, when I read their genetics, what I will tell them if I see that they have a poor detoxification pathway, Mm -hmm. why don't you come in a day or two before surgery, we'll give you a glutathione IV, and you'll come through the surgery much better because we'll be pulling out all those chemical toxins that have been put back in. And that's post-surgery? Pre-surgery. Pre-surgery. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like preparing the body, getting it as clean as possible. Absolutely. Well, not just clean. You're putting it in, and it will stay there. And oh, the 
very that. interesting. But you could also use like the glutathione cream sure. or you could use different depends types. On, of- it depends on the severity of your problem. If you're really severe, we typically use an IV. And most people know going into surgery, they're if it's plastic surgery, you probably, you know, that's elective and you may not need all this. Because oh, no, you do even more. Because yeah. here's the problem with plastic surgery. Okay. Inflammation relates to scarring. Scarring oh. breaks to poor outcome. Okay. So you're exactly wrong on that. I always tend to say, oh, a lot on the show. Right. So the long and the short of it is plastic surgery is the most important for preparation. Okay. Well, it's surgery, period. Well, you know, I think people think, oh, I'm having plastic surgery because I'm healthy. Yeah, but that's aesthetic. Yeah. Okay, so you want the least amount of inflammation. You want the surgeon who did his artistic work on you yes. to have the best possible outcome, which is the least amount of inflammation and the best healing possible. Gotcha. Wow, very interesting because plastic surgery is – I mean, I read the statistics. I don't even have them in front of me, but how many people get plastic surgery a year? Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. You so know, what we're you all altering do, ourselves. You're, for, you're forking over real money for that. That's not insurance covered. Yeah. You understand? And so you want the best outcome, and so Absolutely. it's worth it's worth a couple of hundred dollars of good nutrition uh-huh. before your five thousand, ten thousand dollar surgery. Also, too, you want to be able to get back to work right away. Absolutely. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I can take the weekend off and get back," and mm-hmm. then they can't, and then they're out of work. Just remember, everybody's different. Everybody is genetically unique. Yes. So if your friend got surgery and she was back to work, you know, two days later, she could be genetically completely different. Yes. And you hear that a lot, too. And then you hear somebody that went into a bad episode afterwards and was out three weeks. Correct. Well, let me ask you this about pharmacogenetics, because you're going to be on pain meds. Sure. You're going to be on antibiotics. Right. So So the the G protein abnormality, which is the abnormality where you break down pain medications and pain medications don't work as well for you. Uh Uh-huh. Very important to know for your surgeon. Thank God I had it on my third, my last one. Right. Because I wasn't on the right pain medication. It right. was terrible. And, so, and that's actually much more common than people think. Now, believe it or not, Asians have the most are the most common for that type of abnormality. For what? Having pain issues? Pain or? issues with pain medicines. Really? Uh-huh. But it certainly occurs in all cultures. Yeah. It's always important to know. Yeah. It's also important to know... Um, Basically, how you're going to process medications. So if yeah. you have a lot of problems, you just... Well, uh, for example, I was on hydrocodone, and I was just in tears sure. after every surgery because it wouldn't help. Didn't work for you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they figured out that the lauded or the morphine family was a better... because you just needed a whole lot more. <laughs> Great. Well, you break it down really quick. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's not really, it's not really about um, you're a weird person. Yeah. Certainly, you're not a drug addict. No. You know? But the whole idea is you just break it down so much quicker, so it just doesn't work. So you just have to get something stronger. Mm -hmm. And so how important would you say, so nutrigenomics, pharmacogenetics, testing, to make sure that you have the most successful outcomes? It was ideal, because what you're going to judge me on as a surgeon, Mm -hmm. so surgeons should want this, because what you're going to judge me on as a surgeon is my outcome, and how good you took care of me after my surgery, and how compassionate you were, because that's going to get you... The well, how, how quickly you. did I heal? Correct. Nobody wants to lay in bed or get up when they're in massive amounts of pain and don't feel good. Right. Yeah. So, and also the medication, I want to be able to make sure that the medication, this is what we're going to talk about on the next segment, um, is getting the medications out of you detoxing. Sure. Right? And the mm-hmm. anesthesia. Sure. I have a question about that. So sure. let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Have you recently heard the medical term methylation? Do you know what it could mean to you or your family's health? 
Methylation is responsible for over 250 processes in the body and without proper methylation, this could mean the difference between a healthy life or a life of not feeling well. At Neurobiologics, our core mission is to help people understand what methylation means to them and create products to support the methylation process. If you or someone you know has issues with memory, mood, fatigue, headaches, stomach issues, recovery from exercise, then take a few moments to visit our website, neurobiologics.com. View our videos by leading physicians on methylation and what nutritional formulas may be right for you. Overcoming a methylation deficiency may not happen quickly, but it can be done. Neurobiologics, pharmaceutical-grade nutrition created by experts. All right, and welcome back to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. We are on Season 3, Episode 3, and we're talking about surgery. We just wrapped up talking about pre-surgery. Now we're going to talk about post-surgery. Hi, Dr. Stewart. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Feeling good. A little jacked up on coffee. Right. <laughs> so am I, and might have sell. <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about, you know, what to do, prepare for surgery. Now, post-surgery. So let me ask you this. I People always, I ask, I have a staff of mostly women, mm-hmm. and I ask, what would you want to know about surgery? And the first thing that came out of one of, one of them um, said, oh my gosh, why is it so hard for me to get out of anesthesia? Why do I feel so terrible? Sure. I mean, I have that same question. So why do some people feel <laughs> fine? But like me, for example, I wake up, it takes forever to get me under. They always have to give me extra, they say. Sure. And then they, and then when I wake up, I'm either crying hysterically or I'm swinging I mean, not everybody that happens to, right? You're a swinger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like punching the air, calling for mom. Yeah, it's really weird. That's, that's actually really common. Really? Yeah, okay. I know people do strange things. But why is it so hard for some people to get out of that state of being under? Uh, the answer is it's all dependent on how your your genetics are. Okay. okay. So the major chemical cleanser of our body is glutathione. Yep. And what you'll find out, especially in uh, all of our new genetic testing, is we're very in touch with how much glutathione, how quality of glutathione people make. And so glutathione is the chemical detoxification uh, cleaner of the body, but it's also the second most powerful anti-inflammatory in the body. So having it on board prior to that, if you have a weakness in that, is almost essential to a good outcome. So that's why you were talking about pre-surgery going, if you can't take some glutathione and get an IV drip. Uh, You know, I treat a lot of physicians. Yeah. I'll tell you who. I I know you do. A lot of their families. Correct. And I will tell you, I have tons of anesthesiologists as Yeah, you've said that. people get that Uh when when you're an anesthesia. Anesthesiologists know how toxic their chemicals can be. Well, and I also like how you say you take the body to the brink of death and bake well, well, not yeah. to the brink of death, da, but, da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> but you take it right. to a level and then you have to bring it back up. Right. So the whole idea is what we want to do if somebody has, and that's why nutrigenomics is so important prior to surgery, mm-hmm. is I can tell you how you're going to wake up. It's not hard to tell. Because of the detox markers? Because of the detox markers. So if you have poor detox markers, we want to put glutathione, Which I do. Want to put glutathione in you before the surgery. Mm-hmm. We want to keep using it post-surgically. We want to, um, whether it's IV or whether it's transdermal or whether it's oral, however you want to take it. But the long and the short of it is we've got to make sure that we have something there to get rid of it. Okay. Because if you can't get rid of it, you're really in trouble because a lot of anesthetics are actually what we call fat-soluble chemicals. Okay. So they, especially the inhalational ones, the ones like mm-hmm. nitric oxide and stuff like that that we that we um use to get people under nitrous oxide nitrous oxide 
You don't want to die on the table. Nitrous oxide. So the thing is, it goes into your fat cells, and the problem is we got to have something to go in there and grab it mm -hmm. and make it water-soluble so we can pee it Excrete back Excrete it out. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you've had inhalational anesthetic, which typically is used a lot, in especially surgeries over like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, we certainly want to have some ability to grab it effectively and blow it off. Because as quickly cells, as possible. Right, because your cells and you will feel much better and your brain will wake up and you'll... Will it help you? Do you think that it'll make you wake up easier or oh, yeah. just make you feel better? No, you wake up way easier. Wake really? Up. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna If I ever have to have surgery again, I'm going to try that. Well, of course you are. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> of course know, you are. Because your glutathione's terrible. I know, it is terrible. Yeah. You say, like, the faulty form, right? Because right. I just can't make enough. You know, and some people make too, too little of it. Some people make faulty forms. There's different forms that handle different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. So, but clearly, you're never going to hurt yourself putting glutathione on. Okay. Now, also, once your scar has essentially, or your 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 wound, wound yeah. has essentially um, closed, which is usually within three to five days, mm -hmm. applying glutathione over the area. Oh, after it's kind of sealed mm -hmm. up a little bit? Well, just like vitamin E and other things will actually help Put the, it on the skin, the, the topical. But it also helps the inflammation at the area without suppressing the immune system. Okay. Like a that's a, yeah, that's a great tip there. Right. I didn't even think about that. So, you know, there's lots of things you can do for cosmesis. There's lots of things you can do for quality of recovery. There's lots of things you can do for outcome of surgery, mm -hmm. especially in the aesthetic surgery. There's just, just all kinds of things that you have to think of um, around the surgery. And I tell you, surgeons are busy people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they don't have time no. to talk about all this stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times they leave it up to you. They leave it up to you or maybe a nurse will talk briefly about it, but right. not in detail. So really, if I was going to prepare somebody, and let's say I didn't have genetics. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's what I would probably recommend. Okay. If you have a methylation deficiency or whether you know it or not. Um, it's never going to hurt to have extra B6 take, and B12. I'd probably take some methylfolate plus twice a day. Okay. Okay, and that has methyl B12, hydroxyl B12. Uh, or the methylation me, complete. That's methyl tetrahydrofolate. has a little lucivorin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the long and the short of it is I would also take glutathione lotion twice a day. Okay. Okay. You can rub it on your feet. You can rub it on your arm. Just Over get your it liver. Into your body. A lot of people just, do that. Just get it into your body. I certainly would probably take some Midacel PQQ because okay. that will supercharge your mitochondria. The batteries. You always need lots of energy after the surgery. And I would more than likely make sure you're taking a little bit of uh, vitamin K unless you know that you have a clotting abnormality. Okay. Well, and they also talk about vitamin D is mm -hmm. important. Absolutely. So vitamin D. So just remember that those are the foundation principles to getting through surgery effectively. Okay. Okay. Now, ultimately, I'd love to know how that person is unique. So if you have a few weeks, I'd get a genomics nutrition <laughs> genomic panel. Yeah. And I would look on there and I'd find out what I need. What nutrition you mm -hmm. need. So ultimately, if you're not dealing with your surgeon and he won't do a genetics, get with your doctor who will do the genetics. Yeah, and a lot of people do that, right? They go to their family practice to mm -hmm. talk about or get preparation. Sure. They kind of co-work together with the surgeon. You know, one thing that they talked about is, you know, post-surgery, you're on antibiotics most of the time. Sure. So, you know, antibiotics destroy the probiotics in the gut, correct? Mm -hmm. That's and correct. And 70% of the immune systems in the gut. Mm -hmm. So how would a probiotic, would that be beneficial? Probiotics are always good pre-surgery pre and post-surgery. Okay. And the reason is, is there's lots more than just, you know, the gut flora. Mm -hmm. um, you know, remember, probiotics make special sugars that help the immune system, beta-glucans, 
they basically have a. So the immune restore would be beneficial. The answer is yes. You don't want to add hands. too many. You yeah, know, we don't want to get carried away. But but if I'm you, talking about post surgery. Post surgery would be okay, especially if you're still on antibiotics. Okay. You can't put probiotics in and just kill them with your antibiotic. Yeah. And so um, what you're trying to do is just get the least amount of inflammation in the body. And if your gut is a source of inflammation, so let's say you have a history of colitis or you have a history of, you know. IBS or uh, something. IBS or something like that. You're probably going to want to make sure that you're helping that bowel really keep itself calm before surgery. Well, and the first and the last thing you want is to get sick after you just had surgery. Mm-hmm. So happens that's a lot. the worst. I know. I've mm-hmm. gotten that. Well, the next thing, too, is the acute effects on the brain that like the anesthesia, you know, you talk about neurotransmitter function. So mm-hmm. anesthesia, it seems like, because it gives you that brain fog after surgery, that anesthesia. So would a, a neurotransmitter support product yeah, that'll help be you. beneficial? I think you're making a mistake thinking it's the anesthesia. Oh, okay. so I got gotcha. you. Anesthesia is blown off usually within 24 to 48 hours. But it can't have long-term effects? Here's but, what's happening. Okay. What's happening is because you have a wound now mm-hmm. and you're using your immune system aggressively, it is stealing your methylfolate okay. over to repair and it's causing you to not make as much dopamine and serotonin. Ah. So if you take methylfolate plus preemptively and after surgery, you have plenty in the system to support both issues. Okay. Very interesting. Mm. You know, because they talk about the chronic effects, just from the drugs in general. Well, sure. If you can't get rid of those, you know, you can Well, you have, need to prepare to get rid of them. Yeah. So the glutathione, back yeah. to that. To me, this is a no-duh. Are there any other things besides glutathione or on top of glutathione that you can take? To help excrete is like, like you know, milk you can, thistle. Yeah, or, you can take Toxiclear, which is a combination milk of milk thistle and catechins, which is, comes from green tea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing is, you want to, the liver's going to go under quite a bit of stress for these types of things. So, obviously, having maybe an NRF2 enhancer, which is like curcumin and, and catechins, or a Toxiclear, um, which has similar things you just want to help your liver a little bit but like i said you you really want to go by genetics okay if you but have a lot genet- of people don't have it so this is for the general public to say no, hey you know, how can i you get want help to say general public here take these 10 things before surgery. yeah that's just too much what you really want to do is obviously if down. you have time you want to target it remember genetics are always awesome because they tell us what we need but more importantly they tell us what we don't need. and it's what it's a one-time test too and, you're, you're, and the thing is you're going to want to continue that because if we create an environment that's post-surgically ability for you to heal it's going to be an environment where you actually are healthy throughout life, life throughout life well they talk about other toxic products with surgery include the toxic soaps Mm-hmm. The cleaning solutions, muscle nerve relaxants, tranquilizers, IV solutions. Sure. And then the, you know, the wound itself, you know, surgeries are traumatic because what if you get an infection? Sure. And they also talk about PTSD because, mm-hmm. you know, the post-traumatic stress disorder due to the surgery because the memories are unpleasant. I mean, I woke up in the middle of my neck fusion surgery sure. and asked how everybody was. How were they? I, I don't remember, <laughs> but, you know, I shouldn't have woken up, but I, it was such a traumatic experience afterwards because it was so traumatizing waking up, and the week after I was terrible. Well, obviously, this is a target for pharmacogenetics. Yeah. You know, we want to know how people respond to anesthesia, and I think, you know. They're working on that, right? Know, There's sure. a panel that's supposed to be coming Abs- out soon. Absolutely. Um, the thing is, you know, we like to think of, you know, especially in nutrigenomics and pharmaco. Genomics—they're becoming more, much more popular, but you're still on the early, in the early phase. Oh yeah. 
And so you'll you'll run into a lot of doctors that don't think it's important, mm-hmm. okay, because they just don't know about Here's it. Here's the hydrocodone. Yeah. Here's this antibiotic. Yeah, and you Here's don't know this. what you're talking about, okay? Yeah. So if you're at, with that kind of doctor, that's probably not your doctor. You know, it is nice to see, um, you know, with the with the provider accounts that we have and with neurobiologics, like these, a lot of anesthesia buy, you oh, know, huge. do the nutritional supplements. They buy it for their families. They mm-hmm. buy it for their, you know, mm-hmm. their patients and recommend it sure. because they're getting it. Well, anesthesia is the last thing an anesthesiologist wants is a, a drug reaction. Yeah. Well, yeah. These you, are dangerous drugs. Yes. Okay? So really, you're going to find out eventually the anesthesiologist will completely embrace this technology. Right now, it's still so new. It's still new. And, and, it's not know, really that new. What, five, six years? Well, well, I guess that is new in medical terms. Pharmacogenetics has really been out for strongly for probably three to four. Okay. But, you know, we still, there were, back in 2015, early 2015, there were only 5, 5% of doctors using it. Okay. So, well, what else? You know, they always tell you to get up and walk around as quickly as possible. Is that something? Is it, why, why do they tell you that? I've always okay. wondered. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually get your blood flow growing and also make your lungs expand. Oh, okay. So what you don't want to, we worry about laying in bed, getting thromboses in your, in your veins. Because you've been, you've been laying on a table uh-huh. for your surgery in a single position, blood oh. stasis. So we want to get you up. And that's why they put those compression devices on your legs. I wish they would tell you why they want you to get up and walk around. Well, they're supposed to. Okay. <laughs> And then we get people up, if, if not to be able to walk around, we get them up and do a chair so their lungs expand because mm-hmm. atelectasis, which is the collapse of the lung, which can lead to pneumonia and stuff, is very common after surgery because okay. you're, you're sedated, you're, you're in pain, you're not taking deep breaths, you're taking short, shallow, shallow breaths. Gotcha. And so that's why they have so many respiratory therapists helping you. That's why they have they want you up out of the bed in a chair. Yep. They want you up walking because what you're doing is you're aerating your body. And I assume with the bowel movements and everything, like sure. they want you walking around. Correct. Yeah, because that's always a hard. <laughs> yeah, anesthesia shuts those down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is crazy. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us on this beautiful afternoon in Austin, Texas. I hope wherever you are, you're having a great weekend. And we will join you next time on Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Have a beautiful and blessed day.